0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to BG Chats, which are conversations between me and our fellow Bishop Gaston team members. Today with me, I have Emily Barrett, our clinical dietitian here at Bishop Gaston, who also is a marathon runner in her free time. Emily, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great today.
0: All right. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm very excited about this conversation. So first, let's just talk about, you know, you being here at Bishop Gaston and what kind of led you to coming here and working
1: wow well that's a great question i've been here since 2004 and when i saw the position that was back when they listed the job listings in the paper and i thought oh i was currently working at a home infusion company that was shutting down in the next six to 12 months and i thought well i need to make a transition to a new position and i always loved long-term care Because my dad, who is a doctor, would take me with him to all the nursing home visits as a kid, and so it's a very comfortable, you know, clinical area for me. And so I applied um, for the position and started here June the fifteenth, two thousand
0: and four. And so were you always more on the diet side of things, or did you kind of transition into that?
1: Um, I always enjoyed nutrition, Um, you know it It was definitely part of how I became interested in in my other passion, which is running but um nutrition is is just of ever evolving science i mean we we've gone from everything being fat free to now everything is good fats are the best, so um the way the science evolves and keeping up with it is is a good challenge as and, a clinician
0: and how do you? kind of embrace that challenge, how do you work yourself through that?
1: Well, fortunately, I have a national association, which is the Academy of Nutrition. And so they uh, drive the um, main points of science that come forward and then uh, educate us as, as dietitians to pass the message on to our, in our everyday work.
0: And so you spoke earlier about the nutrition side of things kind of led to you being inspired to do your marathon running. Yes. So what really was the initiator there? What got you to doing that? Um,
1: I started running when I was in high school, and I had a a class uh, a physiology class, and and it was I was a senior in high school, and it was a lot of it was about nutrition, and that was when I started kind of dabbling with, with doing 5Ks or 10Ks, and and then I realized the balance of how nutrition affects performance, um, affects your energy level later in the day, and then I went on to college and graduate school and finished my passion of, of learning about nutrition there, but continued to run the whole time.
0: So I know for a lot of people, myself included, when we think of just running, mm-hmm. It's not, it's not very enjoyable for us. Right. So, <laughs> so what is it about the actual just running itself that you enjoy?
1: I think it's uh, the, the I, I don't run with music or anything. So for me, it's a way of getting my heart rate up, enjoying nature. I don't like to run on a treadmill. So I, I like to you know, try new routes or, or, or redo the routes that I've done you know, hundreds of times. Um, but running, is, is, it is a passion. Either you like it or you don't. And, um, and there are, within the running group, there's people who do short distance and they do them fast or they do long distance and they do them slow. So within the whole exercise, you know, the whole program of running, there, there's so many dynamics of what, what your passion is.
0: And earlier you said you had done 5Ks and 10Ks. What transitioned you from doing those to now wanting to do marathons?
1: Well, it was always, the goal was to try to push myself to do something a little more. And I did my first half marathon at Tybee Island in uh, 1994. And that was, you know, my first ha- half marathon, I wanted to see, number one, if I could do it, and then if I... and and how well I could do at it. And and I did, that was actually the very best one I ever did because <laughs> I was in my 20s. But um, from there, you know, I had children and, 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 you know, I would run, but it was never, I never had the opportunity to start the journey of, of, of training for a full marathon until my kids were a little bit older because that was always, you know, they came first and work.
0: And so, how do you manage all of that, you know, became a mother, mm-hmm. and then, I, as you said, your job, how were you able to manage all that and still keep your training up to par?
1: Right, well, that's a good question. Um, so, you know, I, I, a lot of it w- would happen in the dark of the night, in the, in early in the morning, I would get up, uh, training for a marathon, you know, you have to get up to at least 22 miles at least a couple times before you actually run the event. So I would get up um, and, and run at 4 o'clock in the morning until 6.30 or whatever it was, and then get the girls up and get ready to go to school and come on in to Bishop Gaston and then go home and go to bed early. <laughs> so and then long runs, really long runs would happen on the weekend. And they would happen, of course, very early too just because it would be a day of I might have to, you know, birthday parties or whatever a mom has to do with their with their kids, so
0: And when you first had children, did you see yourself being able to manage all that down the road? Was that no. a plan? No. No, no, <laughs>
1: no. Um and and I think a lot of the the first marathon that I did, which was in two thousand and seven, came because of that other job I had before I came to Bishop Guest, and I was working with um, a, a, three pharmacists and we, we were all kind of talking about how will we see each other so we all embarked on having to do our first marathon together and that was the Marine Corps marathon in D.C. Um, so we trained together and actually sometimes we would meet here. Uh, there was a physical therapist that used to work here, Lucy Mahan and, and she was part of She ran with us too and we would meet at BG and and then run, um, James Allen. Back then, before there was so much traffic, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like
0: that's Charleston as a whole now. Right. <laughs> um, and what was that like to have a group like that that you could, you know, train with and run with and things like that?
1: And that was that was really inspirational because we all had the same goal, but we didn't compete with each other. Um, one person would be in, in charge of snacks and water for the day and so you knew that that Saturday your job was just to show up and and then the the next time you might be in charge of that but we always waited for each other at the end of the run and um, a couple of folks would finish much faster but nobody um, left anybody behind and that and and really it, it in the end when we all finished at Arlington Cemetery Um, We were all there together.
0: And then what inspired, for those that don't know, Emily has now run in every single state in the United States of America. And so that transitions me to this question of when did you get inspired to have that goal of every single state I wanted to run?
1: Right. So that didn't happen until probably 2010 when uh, a few of the gals that I ran with The Marine Corps we went on to do a few other uh, local states like you know we went to um, Virginia and you know North Carolina and and between the time of of 2007 and 2010 I had uh, my mother died and so I had signed up to do a fundraiser which was actually a marathon and a half so it was 39.3 mile challenge in Charlotte and so I did that and I raised a couple thousand dollars um, for cancer, um, even though that's not what she died from. But I, I kind of did embarked on that on my own. And then in 2010, we decided to start uh, going to different places and, and, and then that led into, wow, we've done 10 states, well, why don't we keep this going? And then that led to about five states a year.
0: Wow. So is you and these group of women?
1: Okay, yes. And then uh another uh trips of running would be with my my mother's sister. She would take me uh, uh, on a ma like an aunt and niece trip. And so about six or seven of the states were with my aunt. And she wouldn't run. <laughs> but she would she would she would we would have a great time. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: what was that like having those little aunt and niece trips?
1: That was awesome because she she, you know, she would inspire me. She would be at the finish. She would drive to the halfway point and cheer me on. And 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 I just you know think the world of of how much fun we had together doing that. North Dakota, South Dakota, all those fun states yeah. that nobody <laughs> ever goes to.
0: <laughs> so, what would you say are some of your favorite states that you've run in?
1: Wow, that's a, a great question. I I think. One of the most eye-opening initial states that I realized how special this was was when we ran Lancaster, Pennsylvania, where, of course, the Amish are. And running and seeing how they lived, like being on the back roads and really seeing how they hang tobacco in their their barn and, and what goes on kind of in their yard and house. And then to see Amish women running in this particular run, um, it was for a, a local organization, the Hands On House, and and they had on their full skirts and and everything, and and I was like, wow, you know, they 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 really believe in 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 um, keeping in shape, and, and you know, they were also part of the fundraiser for that. So so that was a good one. Um, I would say when we ran Idaho and Montana that was quite an eye opener. Um, we flew into Boise and ran there. It was temperatures with about a hundred degrees during the day, but would drop into the sixties at night. And you know, we certainly don't have that here in Charleston. And then we ran there and then we drove about five hours to Bozeman, Montana, where the next day we were in a fly fishing village and a bus took us up to eighty seven hundred feet and we ran uh on the, the free land. Um, so there was a gentleman there who was an immigrant who became a US citizen who sang um um the national anthem before the run. And that was amazing to hear, you know, his story of coming to America and 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 then we ran on the free land in Montana. So looking out at the Snake River. I mean, what? it was just gorgeous.
0: And what I love about hearing this is, I think you picked states that nobody would have thought that you would have picked. Right. Everybody would think, you know, California maybe, uh, maybe a Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very interesting to hear your perspective on things like that. Right,
1: and, and of course California ran in Death Valley. So, you know, how many people can say they ran Death Valley? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> um, So every state really has its own um, story um, but those are really some of the the most interesting ones that in, in every city that or you know we didn't necessarily run in a big city it was usually a fundraiser for a local hospital or you know an organization um versus some of those larger runs that are for profit um, but it, it it definitely we saw some some things happen across the country Um, I think the coldest one that we ever did was in all places that you wouldn't imagine is Gulfport, Mississippi. Oh, really? Right. We thought, oh, it'll be nice. And of course, Katrina had already happened. And so there was nothing there because we showed up and and there was one hotel and, and had no idea of the catastrophic, um, how much damage had been done. Even, you know, nothing had been repaired six, seven years later, um, but uh, it was probably six degrees wow. at the time of the run. So, <laughs> yeah, it was cold. It was cold.
0: So I ran track in high school. And I will never forget this track meet that we had. I was freezing cold, shivering. It may, it may have been 30, 35 degrees. So I can't imagine running a marathon right. in six-degree weather. Right,
1: the- it's cold. And, and the rule of thumb is when you're running, your body... Uh, The temperature rises about 15 to 20 degrees. So if it's 60 degrees outside, it's going to feel like it's about 75 while you're running. Okay. Yeah, so you learn how to, to you know, put on layers and take them off and you would go to goodwill and we would buy sweatshirts and things like that that when you got warmed up you would just put them by the side of the road and they usually would have a, a van that came along and picked up all your belongings and took them back to goodwill oh, wow. <laughs> afterwards <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so i was thinking going back to what you said earlier about most of the marathons you had been in been you know for fundraisers and things like that mm-hmm. is that something you do on purpose to give back or it just happens to be that way
1: no I, I did that on purpose I just feel like you know the the volunteers they're usually probably very passionate about whatever the cause is that you're running for um, I always make sure that the police officers you know that we, you, you thank every single one of them because they're there on their either day off or, or they're stopping that traffic for you and and oh, you know, and and that's just a a very nice feeling to know that, and and to let them know you're you're grateful. Um, the volunteers always saying thank you for coming out, thank you for volunteering. We couldn't do this without you, and um, and that, is kind of a win-win for both.
0: And how does that feel to use your passion to? kind of help get back or even if it is saying thank you to the police mm-hmm. officer or volunteer just make them feel you know wanted and special how does that make you feel
1: it makes me it's a good feeling and uh, this last run I did in Hawaii I kind of laugh about because the theme behind it it was a fundraiser was no mean people allowed and so they said and they they said if you have anything negative to say or you're ugly to any of our, volunteers or, you know, police officers, you will be automatically disqualified. Wow. <laughs> so I've never actually heard it put that way. But, um, I mean, it really is a lot to put on a run like that. Um, I think the one of the ones that when I ran the Flying Pig Marathon in Cincinnati, you know, I realized, you know, because it went all through Cincinnati and, and all the people that come out just to cheer you on is Truly amazing, because they don't have to. They, right. you know, I, I mean, I remember at Mile 18 that you know, there was a gentleman offering bacon because it was the Flying Pig, and people had their pet pigs, you know, on display in the yard, coming out to to cheer you on. And then uh, that particular run, it was probably about 80 degrees at the finish, which was really hot, and so there were people coming out of their houses offering ice. Oh, that's, wow and having sprays with their with their hoses and you know i mean they didn't have to do that but right. pretty cool
0: i mean it almost seems like the running community as a whole is just a very caring community is that fair to say
1: yeah i would say so I, I i mean so many a time i've seen someone fall and i'll stop uh you know or, or if someone else is there they'll they'll stop and you know you'll get help for that person um and i remember running in kansas and there was a A gentleman who who clearly was dehydrated and and he was delusional and and so there was a whole group of us that stayed with him until you know there was EMS able to come so you know that you just never know what you're gonna get and and that's why worrying about your time versus just finishing is you know it, it it's a different mindset
0: and as you've done this journey over all these years Would you say Bishop Gasson, as a community has been there to support you as well?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I I love the residents. They'll say, where are you going next? Or, you know, um, staff, you know, they come back and they'll say, how did you do? And I had a little map at my desk that every state I would come back and I would take the highlighter and fill it in. And, um, you know, people would watch me do it, which was fun. But I I really could not have done any of it without the – PTO sell back here at Bishop Gadsden that is such an amazing benefit and it paid for plane tickets and hotel rooms and um, it really allowed me to do this. I couldn't have done it without it for sure.
0: And I was thinking about this a while ago in our conversation where you spoke about your daughters, you spoke about your, your mom a little bit as well as your aunt. Just tell me what is that I guess maternal relationships that you have in your family, what does mm-hmm. that mean to you, what do your daughters mean to you, I mean, in this moment when you think about that and the journey you've had up to this point.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, they're, they are they have been, they have never once complained, I will say that, you know, my mom passed 15 years ago, so she, I know would be very, very proud of what I've done, but just the fact that they they see, you know, their mom setting a goal and, and finishing it and... And they were there when I finished at the finish line. Um, I, I can't say enough. I mean, they really have never complained about any time that I would. I could. I could only just say selfishly took a trip for my. You know, for a run. But uh, you know, on the other end, I always made sure they had what they needed. And so they they've never said, well, you know, um, can. They never actually say, can we go? <laughs> because then I'll say, well, then I'll sign you up for the run. <laughs> um, but it's, it's been really great for all of us. And my aunt just, you know, having that time with her has been special. Because, you know, I, I, I'm the only niece, so we just have a great bond. She lives in Charlottesville, Virginia, mm-hmm. so you know, we don't get to see each other very much.
0: I'm just gonna tell you, you've already inspired me. (laughs) I mean your story of, you know, having to be a mother earlier on when you had this goal, you didn't deal with your mother's death and you also Mm -hmm. having to work here I don't know if I can get up at four AM, four thirty in the morning to run, but but I do wanna tell you face to face that your story is very inspiring. Well thank you. And I'm glad that you're willing to share it with everybody.
1: Yeah. And and I and again, you know, we go back to the B G you know, family. I, I mean, I I used Shannon Jones's uh, mailbox as my water station. I would come to her desk every day, every Friday, and give her my snacks and my Gatorade, and she would put it in her mailbox. And and again, it was just that part of you know being part of the BG family. And and then all the all the texts I get like congrats after you know I finished one of them. So. It's truly amazing. Yep.
0: So, tell your BG family, what is next for you? You've done all 50 states, what's next?
1: What is next? Well, I won't give up on my two friends that have a few states behind me. So, I I have told them, even though i finished, I I will be there. I may not run. I'll go with them. (laughs) No, I probably will still run. I mean, and, uh, you know, I I really want to learn to play golf. I feel like... uh, it's a similar challenge where you're kind of working against yourself, not necessarily someone else. Um, that's part of why I like in like independent uh, activities like that because you're really just challenging yourself and and having even though when you have setbacks like injuries or flight delays or whatever, always having that enthusiasm to keep going. and that's where. You know, when you lose that enthusiasm is when you lose sight of why you're doing it. And 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 I definitely want to continue to run, but I want to have the enthusiasm for something else. And, and golf, being from Augusta, I just kind of feel like I need to learn how yeah. to play golf. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well,
0: whenever you do, bring me with you. We can do that journey okay. together. I want okay. to learn myself. So. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, That's thank a, you,
1: Antonio. It's been great. Yeah.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of BG Chats. Tune in next time to hear more extraordinary stories.